and just having that awareness that there's lots of paths in front of you. You get to choose. You get to be intentional and go down the path that you choose to go down, not the one that somebody else sends you down. This is episode seven with the passionately purposeful Susan Hunter. Welcome to Take Command with Paul Gowan. I am a Mustang Marine turned international leadership consultant. Each time we come together, I bring you inspiring people and messages to help you take command of your relationships, your time, and your finances so that you are free to lead the life you want. More than taking action, greater than empowerment, take command of your life. Starting in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Carolyn Mace says, managing the power of choice with all its creative and spiritual implications is the essence of the human experience. And in this episode, it's all about harnessing that power of choice by expressing your emotions. Susan Hunter is a master of understanding how to move forward in life into a second career while learning how to express feelings, especially after being told to never do that early in her career. In 1996, Susan graduated from Northern Kentucky University, the Salmon P. Chase College of Law, after completing her bachelor's degree at Hanover College in Southern Indiana. After practicing law for a little while, Susan pursued her passion for estate planning and elder law by founding her own firm, the Hunter Estate and Elder Law, in 2001, located in Fishers, Indiana. The firm has expanded to Rockville, Indiana, with a satellite office. Shortly thereafter, she became a founding member of the national organization Lawyers with Purpose. As the educational director, she taught attorneys across the country the legal technical aspects of estate planning and elder law. Her mentoring and coaching was sought later uh, by, by several other law firms throughout the nation. She has been admitted to a host of bar associations, including Hamilton County, Indiana, the uh, within Indiana is like estate planning, real, real property sections, the bar of the Supreme Court the, uh, of Indiana, the bar of the Supreme Court of Illinois, and the American Bar Association. A whole bunch of them there. Today, she's also a national coach and speaker in the fields of estate planning and elder law, Medicaid and probate, team building and practice management. And in 2017, she authored Breaking Through, Busting the Generational Barriers. I've read that book. I highly recommend it. It was a great read. Uh, And she did that after she wrote her first book, uh, co-authoring with David Zampano. And that book's called Protect Your IRA. In addition to regular blogging, Susan is a contributing writer for Senior Life newspaper based out of Indianapolis, Indiana. And in her spare time, she enjoys golf, scuba, and photography. She and her husband, Mark, are on a lifelong quest to visit all 50 states and all national parks. And they currently make their home in Noblesville, Indiana. She's getting ready to move. We'll talk a little bit about that. And they have uh, their two rescue dogs, Wilbur and Wrigley. In this Take Command conversation, Susan talks about making choices after survival is assured to advance your interests and your passion projects. She also talks about how she succeeded as one of only a few women in her workplace early in her career as an attorney. And she talks about how to pursue passion projects uh, as she pivots to her second career as she's pursuing her passion project. I asked her about how shared experiences, especially where there's challenges, trials, tribulations, or suffering, and how those experiences can create bonds. Asked her about what she learned from being taught to suppress her emotions at work. 
And I asked her about the resources for people wanting to better communicate across the generations. You'll also learn the surprising facts around the similarities of being a woman attorney and a male Marine. I know you're going to love this one, especially if you're a person who is clear on taking action on your passion, then this episode is for you. And if you know someone in your life who needs some clarity around how to express their emotions, how to move forward in those areas in which they're passionate about, then send them over this conversation. Be that hero. Be that champion. Share the link with them, paulgowan.com slash 007, or shoot them a message real quick. Say, hey, check out this free interview on the Take Command Conversations podcast. Share the episode with them on Spotify or iTunes or whatever you're listening to this podcast on, and then hold them accountable. Send them a couple tips that you got from this conversation and reach out and say, well, what stood out for you? Whether it's a friend, a family member, a parent, a child, someone in your life that you love, that you trust, that you respect, that you want to help hold more accountable to their healthy emotional expression so they can passionately pursue the projects that interest them the most. This can be a powerful one for them. Send them the link. I love for you guys to unite as a community, to come together uh, with the Take Command Conversations podcast, helping each other improve each other's lives. That's what this is all about. Let's jump into today's conversation. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Take Command Conversations. I am I am so excited. I have my great friend, colleague, client, alumni, mentor. Did I say friend yet? I got Susan Hunter in the house. Susan, thanks so much for joining me. Absolutely, my pleasure, Paul. Thanks for asking. As I was getting happier, I I especially with what we've got going on right now. Like we're, we're filming this in the middle of COVID. We just had a brief check-in before I hit record for how things are showing up for you. And uh, I really appreciate this because being able to leverage the people that I've met, the people that have served me, the people that have taught me and being able to, to just bring this to an audience, a larger audience. Uh, I am so excited for what we're going to do today. <laughs> As I was getting ready for this show, I was looking at some of the things that we have in common. Mm-hmm. We both really love dogs. Yes. You've got a few in, in your house and, and yes. their names for everybody listening in. We got Wilbur and Wrigley right now. Wilbur and Wrigley. Now, is Wrigley yeah. spelled with a W? Is it like yes, the gum? It's, it's like Wrigley Field. Okay. Wrigley Field and got the it. gum. Same and the gum. family. Got Same it. Got family. it. Uh, so we both are dog lovers cause I have Izzy the dog and, uh, you've met her. Love uh, Izzy. We've been in your house so like, yeah. I, cause I had the privilege of, of working with you and your company as a corporate coach. Uh, and part of your just amazing being a hostess with the mostest, uh, I got to come in and see your beautiful, uh, library and office on uh, your amazing home and you guys are getting ready to move. Yeah, I should probably explain. You just said my beautiful office and I looked at my screen and went, there's boxes piled yeah. up everywhere right now. We are. We're moving in June uh, to Nevada. So we are in the process taking advantage of the quarantine yeah. and spending that time packing things up. And there, every room looks like this room. There are boxes everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine because you have such a big, beautiful house. It's a process. Oh, my goodness. Uh we met at a Brennan Burchard event. And so one of the other things that we have in common is a dedication to lifelong personal development and being in service to others as a part of that. Uh, one of the ways that we do that is we are both certified high performance coaches. 
Uh-huh. And uh, you have you have been just at absolute. I, I almost want to use the word like disciple of personal development for decades. Disciple. Like, cause it, is it like, it, it's so much more than a student, right? Yes. Would that be the well, right word? It's lifetime learner, student. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You could like you have that word. kind of dedication. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate the benefits of personal development and have seen them myself in my own life. So yeah. I always advocate that and try to bring others into the loop. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Uh, we also both really love language. You, uh, had a relationship with words for a career. Uh, you're now a retired attorney. Yes. Uh, but we, we, we share this affinity of language, uh, where we geek out with the exact words, especially because we understand that those words have implications. You've seen that from the legal perspective. Mm-hmm. And then you also know from your personal development journey and, and us working together of those implications on a personal level as well, uh, outside oh, of the very world. much. Yeah, very much. So, um, language is something that's very near and dear to me. You and I have talked about that numerous times and it's always been important to me. One of my biggest pet peeves is, uh, as texting became more and more prevalent that people abbreviate and they don't use punctuation and, and I understand that in the format of a text message, what I'm seeing is bleed over into other forms of communication. And yeah. that really worries me. I feel like, you know, the language I love is getting chopped up and, and butchered in some instances. It's interesting, and, isn't it? Uh-huh. And <laughs> it's, a, it's right there for me. I always catch it. I'm the person in the room that if there's a typo on the PowerPoint, I cannot move past it. <laughs> the PowerPoint must be corrected. <laughs> and once it's corrected, then I can move past it. But my mind will literally stop. If I am in a presentation, you're yeah. watching someone else do something and something goes up on the screen and it, there's either a misspelled word or uh, a bad punctuation or whatever it is, it stops me mentally. I can't just go to the next thing and let it go by. I have to deal with that correction. Yeah, you're just like, you just got slapped inside the head and you're like, nah! It's pathological. (laughs) You know, that's interesting because one of the things that we talk about within the Take Command Project is that Uh people do not rise to the occasion in times of stress. They fall back on their training. And that's why we train intentionally with focus. And one of the things that I was uh, reflecting on the other day is the bond between veterans Uh is very, very tight. Mm-hmm. because of an aspect of shared suffering. Mm-hmm. And right now, across all nations, around the entire globe, this is an opportunity for us, not through some like man-made invention, like voluntary, like war. Mm-hmm. This is like the first time in many people's memory that there is this shared suffering. Yeah. Have you had an occasion like that? Like was law school one of those like shared suffering things that you have these tight relationships with? Uh, Do you have some perspective from which you're bringing into, you know, we're not looking for grammar punctuation for COVID. Do you have like perspective uh, based on your experiences in life? That's an interesting question. I, I do. I mean, whenever you've been through whatever you've been through 
right? For you, you spent a long time in the Marine Corps. I have not served in the military, but I spent a long time in formal education world. And while that's not comparable, I think for purposes of this conversation, it is. Um, you mentioned law school. Law school is shared suffering with a big dose of competition added to it. So while we were all suffering together, we were also competing with one another, which is an, an interesting uh, element from a sociological standpoint to, to watch how those interactions occur. Uh, this particular challenge that we're all facing right now, uh, I think has really brought out the introvert-extrovert distinction and the mindset distinction. If you come into this with the mindset of, I have everything I need. I have food, I have a roof over my head. If I'm working, I have a computer, I have the, the tools necessary, I have what I need. It's really not necessary for me to go outside of this house. So if I do choose to do that, I'm gonna go through a process before I make that decision to determine is it, is it really required? And I think all of us are kind of communicating with one another. Facebook has been very interesting since the quarantine started. I don't know oh, if yeah. your feed is reflecting that the way mine is, but, but mine is. And of course, there's lots of memes and funny things. Oh, yeah. It's also been interesting to see, to notice the people who are posting much, much, much more than they ever normally or ordinarily would. And it's almost like they're just reaching out through their computers going, please communicate with me, please please, please interact with me. I'm suffering from this lack of interaction. I, one of the things that we also know is the, the five love languages. And I, I saw mm -hmm. an influencer on Instagram just being very forthcoming, yeah, saying that she was just a public hugger. She would just <laughs> interact with people and love on them. She's yeah. a international uh, yoga instructor. Uh -huh. And she just had this moment of, of breakdown and you know, I, I've, I've learned a long time ago. I don't look at comments. Uh, I'm, I'm very sure some of the comments might be, oh, first world problem. No, it's so much more. Uh, when your expression of love and to be able to receive love is touch. Yes. And you are such a loving soul that yes. you're no longer allowed to give or receive that love. We are facing these different challenges now that almost no one alive today Mm -hmm. has seen before uh somebody said like the last time we had something like this was like polio or the spanish flu wow and and we're looking at like centurions is that what it is it's not centurions those are roman guards centurions yeah yes. centurions you'd have to be a centurion and some change to have some sort of memory of what happened in 1918. yeah i think it's pretty rare for anybody that's around today to remember that and so it is a shared new experience for all of us, uh, which is very interesting. I had a couple conversations actually earlier today about that, yeah. that that were really interesting, how everyone is sort of making their own adjustments. And what we really talked about was the power of, of teaching your own brain to it, it, the, the person I'm thinking of, the conversation I'm thinking of, she was struggling with working from home. And she said, it's not a tools issue, it's not a distractions issue. I don't have anyone else in the house. Um, her uh, roommate work is an essential worker and so is gone during the day. And she said, but I can't seem to sit down and work the way that I can sit down and work when I'm at the office. 
And so we had a, a, a pretty extended conversation around mindset and how we, I, I don't really love this word, but how we trick our brains into mm. focusing on different things. And it's environmental to a certain degree and it's mental to, to a, a greater degree. So just figuring out what mindset do I need in order to move forward? You know, it's super easy to go in the other room and sit down on the couch and be swallowed up by it. And six hours later go, oh my goodness, six hours have gone by. It's a lot harder to say, hey, I got six open hours here. Look at all the things I could do. And start to yeah. really chip away at them and get your mind into that place of, I'm going to focus on this. I'm going to do this instead yeah. of wallowing in what's happening. Right. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even, I already had a limited Facebook consumption going into this. Yeah. Uh, it's almost non-existent. Yeah. Uh, I, I get the notifications if somebody comments on my, on my posts and I, I don't even go on Facebook. I have a, like a different app that I can go answer those comments without going That's in. That's brilliant. And, That's brilliant. It's a whole the way that I'm tricking myself to, to keep free from the clutter. Yeah. Yeah. You can't let that drive you. You can't constantly, and you definitely can't constantly be checking the news feeds. No. That will just make you crazy. So no. it's all about kind of teaching ourselves and tricking ourselves right. into being right. in the mindset that we desire. This isn't the first time that you faced something new from a, a unique perspective. Uh, because one of the, the, the stories you shared with me a little while ago was when you were a brand new lawyer. You finally gotten done with that shared suffering of law school. You got your you got your thing. You can go put up on the wall. And the office that you first found was in the public sector. Yes. And this was at a time, if I remember right, this was the early nineties, mm -hmm. late nineties, mid nineties, mid nineties. And this was a time where women in the workplace in this role was not common. Can you just yeah? walk through that story again because i don't want to sure. i don't want to misrepresent everything like especially no. to a lawyer right a um, retired yeah, attorney yeah. yeah come on now give me uh, give the highlights for that to. yeah it was it was a really enlightening experience for me and a limiting experience for me as i reflected on it years later so i think it's it's significant really um being a young person i was relatively young at the time and there weren't a lot of female mentors there weren't a lot of female attorneys even, although they were there, it was very quiet there. So we didn't have that kind of channel and that sort of path that was all laid out for us. We had to figure it out for ourselves and we had to find our own mentors. One of my very first mentors in that public sector was a, a woman who had been around for a while. Her name was Lucy. And at that time she held an elected position um, very high up in municipal government and had my respect, immediately had my respect as a young female attorney coming into that sector. And so, of course, things that she said always landed on me. And I, I remembered things that she said. Uh, this particular incident that you're talking about occurred when we were in the middle of a bu budget hearings. And each department had to come and present their budget. And one of the department heads was also a young woman. And in her budget hearing was challenged on a few items from some of the men that were on the board and literally burst into tears in the middle of the budget hearing. Uh, it was just too much, whatever. I can't really speak for her. What I can tell you is later, 
in my conversation with Lucy, we were talking about the hearing and things that had gone on. And she said to me, if I have to see that quivering lip and tearing up in the middle of a public hearing again, she will lose her job. That is simply not acceptable. And for me, the young professional, that was the message loud and clear was learn how to control your emotions. Um, lots of people say the phrase, never let them see you cry, never let them see you sweat, whatever it might be. And her point to me was as women, we were held to an entirely different standard mm -hmm. because if we got emotional, if we became vulnerable in a forum that was professional, then we were somehow weaker than everyone else. And we didn't want that weakness. And Lucy in particular didn't want to see that weakness in young women coming up because she didn't want to see us get stamped down for having emotions. Now, that's not to say men don't have emotions. Of course they do. Right. They're right. just allowed where women are held to a different standard, at least at that time we were. Mm -hmm. So the conversation at the time, and, and this is what's interesting to me about it. At the time, I was, oh, thank goodness she told me that. I'm so grateful to her. I will make these adjustments in my own mindset. I will make sure that I know how to control my emotion. I will make sure that I don't allow emotion to drive me and that I don't allow it to ever enter into any kind of professional environment. Fast forward 20 years and, and I'm in a place of responsibility. I own my own business. I've done lots of things. I've had much success in my life and I became incapable of showing emotion in the workplace. It wasn't that I had learned to tamp it down. It was that I had completely eliminated it from myself. And that happened gradually over years. But once that occurred and I became aware of it, and I think it was a conversation with you actually, where this story first kind of came back out again and you and I were chatting about it and I just, I couldn't, and I'm using the right word there. I couldn't feel those emotions in that professional environment until I retaught myself how to do it. Mm -hmm. And it's still something I struggle with because that's what we were told as women, right? right? You can't do that. If you want to play with the big dogs, you better learn how to do things this way. I, you know, and, and as being a Marine and then as a Marine officer, uh, that was, <laughs> the, the guy at, at, at my college, uh, he was very intolerant of any problems, any challenges, anything that you had going on in the household. Mm -hmm. He said, Marine officers show up with solutions, not problems. Right. Uh, and this guy, you know, he taught me so much. Uh, and so I do respect what I learned. Uh, I respected the rank and uh, I, I don't respect the man. Yeah. Uh, a lot of his viewpoints just on how the Marine Corps functioned and, how, and emotion and expressing the emotions uh just did not did not respect that that um him yeah. uh what what did that like in a bullet like what was the biggest lesson that you learned then like through being told by someone who was one of one likely when lucy came on board oh yeah she was she, one there of wasn't one. like a few <laughs> women there was no. one woman yeah. and then as you move into your own business where you're the one attorney that's also the manager that's also the secretary that's also the schedule that's all yeah. and, and then you grew it to a very very successful law firm all of these lessons across 
your career going from young attorney to successfully uh, leading a law firm uh, with, a, with an amazing team that I had the privilege to come and work with, what would you say would be the biggest lesson that you learned from all of that? Humans are humans. And you cannot make them or ask them to be not human. So while I, you know, learned or was trained that you don't show this, you don't have these emotions, uh, the field of law that I specialize, well, I can't use the word specialize, the field of law that I limited my practice to uh, had me dealing a lot with elderly folks, a lot of uh, folks that had mental illness, a lot of folks who were dealing with very emotional points in their lives. Uh, we, my practice was limited to elder law and estate planning. So we, of course, were dealing oftentimes with nursing home admissions. We were dealing with death. We were dealing with all of these things that happen to all of us and are very emotional things. They're very connected to us. You know, when your loved one just passed away, that's an emotional thing, whether you like it or not. And even when you're sitting in the attorney's office, it's still emotional and it becomes emotional. And so as, as I work my way through that, you know, I, it doesn't do that client who is bursting into tears in my conference room any good. It doesn't do them any good, first of all, for me to also burst into tears. Right. But it also doesn't do them any good for me to sit very coldly across the table from them and wait for them to get over it. Are you done yet? Right? Are you done yet? Can you yeah, sign the paper? Exactly. Are you, I, have a, I have a 315. Are you done yet? <laughs> Here's some Kleenex. What, Go wipe your face. What I, learned, what I learned to do was we do have a rule at the office. There's always tissues in every room. Uh, but what I learned to do was rather than try to make it stop or try to make it go away, I learned to thank them for it and say, thank you for feeling comfortable enough in this space to share that emotional thing with me. I really do appreciate that. And, and that response, first of all, is unexpected, but second of all, puts people at ease and says to them, I get it. You're a human being. You have emotions and you're going to have them under these circumstances and it's okay. So it was easy for me to let other people be emotional. Yeah. And then I had to work on myself and how I was going to be able to coordinate that and include that in my professional world. So if you were to, I guess, twofold here. Mm -hmm. Give some advice, coach the young attorney that just received Lucy's admonition, <laughs> as well as reach out to someone that's watching this, that's listening to this right now, because we know that it's not a, a woman in the workplace thing. We, not know, we know it's not a man in the military thing. We know that that expression of emotion in a healthy way is part of the human condition. So if you were to to give some advice or give that coaching, what would that be that, that young, brand new Susan Hunter or that person that's watching this right now, what is it that they need to hear? Give them like the one, two, maybe three yeah. steps for how to work through learning, how to be that emotional. Like how do you, how do you, how do you express that emotion? Yeah. I think it starts with, understanding your own vulnerabilities 
and getting okay with that, everyone has vulnerabilities. Uh, what Lucy's message was, you're not allowed to have any vulnerabilities. The reality is we all have them. And what I learned once I trusted other people enough to share some of those vulnerabilities, what I learned was it actually increases their level of professional respect for you because you're willing and you're self-aware enough to understand mm -hmm. where those vulnerabilities lie, right? It's the asking for help. Uh, everyone's willing to help someone else. If, if you ask 100 people, you know, would you help me with something? They'll, 100 of them will say yes, probably. But if I have to ask for help, suddenly I decide, oh, that's not okay. I shouldn't need help. I should be able to, I could do this by myself. I'm self-reliant. I'm strong. I'm this, I'm that. You know, we create this image of what we are supposed to be. And so as I look back over my career, what occurs to me is a lot of things would have been a lot easier had I learned to be vulnerable and be okay with that at an earlier time, rather than insisting that it had to come from me, being willing to step out and say, hey, I need help. Uh, it's interesting you, you, you say if I was coaching an, a young attorney, I do coach young attorneys and, and lots of other people too, but uh, I just recently had an experience with a young attorney who reached out to me via email, first of all, but we ended up doing a call. And she said, I'm just wigging out. I don't know what to do. I'm completely at a loss. I'm going to break down. I'm falling apart. I'm not sure what to do. Please, please, please. I need a, and I'm going to, I won't be able to quote her exactly, but it was, it was along the lines of, I need a friend slash mentor slash coach slash a boss slash whatever you want to be for me right now, but I need to talk to you. This was your Lucy moment. Yeah, it was. And so I was able to get on the phone and, and, and talk to her and kind of first get her off the ledge, but then share with her that experience and say to her, listen, feel your feelings. They're real. So feel them. Yes, you are in a position of authority and yes, you're right that there's a line you don't want to cross. People are looking up to you. You have employees, you have, you know, and you want to project to them some semblance of control. They're all very scared right now, just like you are. They're afraid they're going to lose their jobs. They're afraid that the business is going to fail. They're afraid of all kinds of things. And so they need you to project this image of leadership that says, yeah, we're all afraid. But that's the point. You're allowed to say, I'm afraid too. And when I was her age, there is no way that sentence ever would have come out of my mouth to my own employees. I never would have said, I'm afraid to. Because I was taught that that's not okay. The reality is it's absolutely okay because that tells them, hey, first of all, I don't have my head in the sand. I get it. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't have my head in the sand. I get it. I understand this is... A, a completely unprecedented time for us. And yeah, I'm afraid of it. At the same time, I am going to take action that will help me get through it and help my, my business succeed through it and not end up in that statistical category of businesses that will fail because of this.
So I'm going to start creating, I'm going to get creative. What can we do? How do we increase our marketing? How do we increase our flow? How do we still continue to service our clients when we can't sit in the same room with them? That was a big challenge. So it was about overcoming each of those things and at the same time acknowledging, hey, you know what? I'm vulnerable too and I'm terrified. And that's okay. Yeah. I love that because it's, uh, I was on the phone with a buddy of mine in the Marine Corps who's getting ready to retire and just like all of the unknown, not only in retirement, with all that is happening right now with COVID. And, you know, this guy's been to combat several times. He and I were uh, young Marines together, you know, almost years ago. Uh, I think, God, we, we, we started, we first met each other in 2005. Uh, and then we were, um, at the officer training school together, uh, called the basic school. And, you know, I was able to connect with him and just say, look, man, like in the last five years, I've been able to really do a lot of work here. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to love you really hard. Uh, (laughs) and I'm going to, I'm going to give you some things to do. And I I want you to do them because you're, you're a Marine. You can fall back on that training as you are increasing your capability sets in these other areas. I love that you're doing that. Uh, so many things I want to I want to ask you, and, and we're we're running short on time here. Big moves for you as you're moving forward. You you're getting ready to go to uh, Nevada, right? And you are getting ready to open a new business. Yeah. Why don't you briefly uh, share with everyone uh, what <laughs> I'm so that is? About it. Yeah, I'm yeah. so excited about it. I'm so excited about it. It's 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 a hard turn, uh, that's for sure. And some of my uh, legal field colleagues don't get it, and that's okay. They don't have to. Uh, I am going to actually pursue a passion project, which I think you and I have talked about before that I was that person in the room that always struggled with the passion project. Everybody had one, but me, I didn't have one. I didn't, nothing occurred to me. And then one day, as I was thinking about this upcoming move and our dogs and the effect on our dogs, uh, it occurred to me that the town we're moving to, which is a very small town, uh, doesn't have any way to accommodate them. So my husband and I sat down and started kind of playing around with things. And so now we have a full business plan and we're working with the city uh, to, to get the space that we need and the land that we need. And we are creating a canine village uh, that will have an indoor dog park. It will have daycare, boarding kennels, grooming, training, everything you can possibly imagine right down to a swimming pool for them to dive into. I'm so excited about it because like you said at the beginning, I'm a great dog lover. I love my dogs and have had five of the most wonderful dogs in the world, all of them rescues, uh, over the last 20 years or so. And we'll have many more, I'm sure. And I've always just, just dogs are just the greatest. They're so fun to be around. So all of the sudden is this idea was kind of matriculating and, and we were talking about it. All of a sudden I, I realized holy cow, I've got all this energy around this. I like stayed up till three in the morning one night, writing the business plan and just kind of figuring it out. And it wasn't, I'm writing the business plan because somebody said, hey, you need a business plan. I was writing the business plan because I wanted to. I was excited about it. I had energy around it. This is a passion project. And we're gonna go out there and create the most incredible space in the world. And everyone that has a dog is gonna wanna come and visit. Uh, And we're going to. Like I'm I, so I am, excited. I'm yeah. excited. We'll like hand off Izzy for a full spa treatment. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. So excited about that. 
Uh, one of the things that you have as you have so many hats of service that you've, <laughs> you've made, you've adopted, you've worn. And one of those is as an author. Mm -hmm. And so especially for people that they might be uh, caged up right now because of the quarantine <laughs> or later on down the road, if people are listening to this, uh, for how to interact across the generations. Yeah. This fascinated you to the point where you wrote a book about this. Yeah. Uh, tell did. us a little bit about that and tell us how we can find it. Absolutely. Um, as I was, you know, building my business and hiring new people, I started noticing all these conflicts and it started to come down to generational lines. It was the baby boomers, the millennials and, and us Gen Xers that are stuck in the middle trying to create this bridge between these two very vocal very important generations, uh, actually Gen X often gets left out of that mix. But here we were here and we're dealing with both sides. So yeah, a couple of years ago, I, you know, had a lot of stuff going on in my head and decided to put some of it on paper. And, and the result was breaking through, which here, can I show it? Can I, can I hold it up? Yeah, yeah. Breaking it through. There. there it right? is. Uh, which was another passion project of mine. But what it really addresses is how do we, and in that context as an employer, how do I get millennials and baby boomers to work together? Because at the end of the day, they're going to have their beliefs. I understand it. I get it, all that stuff. But if they can't work together, they're not doing me any good and they're not doing themselves any good. So that was really the, the concept for breaking through. And it examines it on a very realistic level. Uh, it literally tells true stories from my own experience. Of course, all the names were changed, but. Well, the it names are, are changed uses, to protect the innocent and the guilty. Exactly. So I use real, true things that occurred in my world and, and connections that were made between baby boomers and millennials that I knew personally uh, as I was kind of working my way through this. So much of it for me is historical. Uh, it's, our experiences are so vastly different that we can't possibly understand each other unless we consciously make the effort to understand each other. So that's where Breaking Through came from. You can get it, susanhunter.org is the official website for Breaking Through. Uh, it's available on Amazon and all those things too. Awesome, we'll put that in the show notes because uh, I'm excited that instead of other people arbitrarily assigning me a title, uh, a millennial, a Gen Xer, yeah. uh, whatever, I, I'm adopting the, I met COVID with excellence generation. Oh. I'm going to define that. that. We uh, need t-shirts and hats that say that. Swag. All right. We'll <laughs> see. We'll see if we have that ready. We'll put that in the show notes down below. Let's do uh, that. Wrapping things up here. Uh, let's say that this is a, a time in the future. Uh, mm -hmm. And you, you've, you've got your dog park going. Mm -hmm. You're still advising and mentoring attorneys around the world uh, for these Lucy moments. Uh, for everything that you've learned to set them up for the best level of success. Cause that's what Lucy was doing mm -hmm. um, from she her was. perspective. And let's say that you get the notification. Uh, it'll probably be some sort of text just to mash that button uh, of yours written in some sort of shorthand uh, that says, Susan, uh, you've got 24 hours left. Ooh. What would you do? Family, I, it's family, it's extended family. It's uh, this particular crisis has really brought that to light for me. 
just how much I love, respect, and and rely upon my family and extended family. Uh, um, Mark and I don't have kids. We have each other. And I have four siblings and 13 nieces and nephews. And my parents are still living. I'm so blessed with that. We did a we did a Zoom call for Easter, which was so much fun because we had like 20 little screens. You know, we were the the expanded Brady Bunch uh, on the screen. But coming off of that call, I just had this overwhelming sense of relief at having laid eyes on everyone. And I didn't realize how much I was missing that until I actually saw them all. So um, with that context being only a couple of days old for me, uh, my family is, is absolutely number one for me. The very, I think if 24 hours was all I had, I would uh, have Mark by my side and be at least communicating with every member of my family to say a proper goodbye. I love that. I love that. I love that you recently did that. And I want to, I want to challenge you schedule that. Uh huh. Don't wait for the weddings or the funerals or the right. next pandemic epidemic COVID right. like COVID 2050. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Yeah. I want to challenge you get that scheduled. Can I take 30 more seconds here? Yeah. Uh, a couple of days ago, I got a text message from my sister who lives with our parents um, telling me that my father was not feeling well. And it was as if someone dropped my house on me. Uh, I, he's 81 years old and in the best of health under regular circumstances. But with this crisis hanging over all of our heads, of course, that's where my thoughts went. And all the all of the personal development in the world wasn't going to stop my thoughts from going there. And that's where they went. And all I kept thinking was, if I can never give him a hug, if I can't say a proper goodbye to him, it is going to crush me and, and probably him too. And so I was talking to him on the phone earlier today. And of course I, you know, did the requisite stop going out, <clears throat> please stay home. I'm really glad you're well again. And, and this is all good. And no, you're not allowed to do this. <laughs> and, and so we had a conversation that we should have had years ago. But we had because all of a sudden I realized the opportunity for that conversation could go away in an instant. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go. Have those conversations. Yes. I, I want to acknowledge you. You are such a leader. Uh, having been able to work with you, not only as your corporate coach, but also working one-on-one, -on -one, I've had that unique perspective of being able to see you grow so much over the years and to be able to have you on to take command conversations to share just the the amazingness that you are with the world uh I, I love you so much and i'm so excited for you and mark as you're moving it's it's not even into retirement it's like moving from this other service yeah. that you had Enjoying into this passion project yeah, yeah. i'm yeah. so excited for both of you so excited for both of you. So well, the, thank the you. I appreciate final, your, your words are very kind, Paul. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Final question for you. And I, I, I know that we're going to have to do this again in the future. <laughs> I, of course. Way too many other things to talk about. Uh, so here's the final question. What is your definition of take command? <laughs> My definition of take command.
on the spot, I'm going to say, understanding the paths that are laid in front and choosing with intention the paths that you will follow. How's that for last minute or in an instant? I love it. I love it. Uh, it. It's understanding. And for me, so much of it is about awareness. I think so many people don't even realize how many paths are open to them and available to them. They just don't see them. They put their blinders on and they go down one path or maybe they turn once or twice in their lifetime. And just having that awareness that there's lots of paths in front of you. You get to choose. You get to be intentional and go down the path that you choose to go down, not the one that somebody else sends you down. There it is. Take command. Susan Hunter, thank you so much. Oh, so my much fun. I absolutely loved it. It was my pleasure. I loved it too. Thanks for having me on, Paul. All right. All right. What did you think about that? I really hope you enjoyed this conversation with Susan. I'm so grateful and proud to have amazing mentors and friends and, and women like Susan Hunter in my life. If you enjoyed this, which I know you did, be sure to share it with a friend. paulgowan.com slash 007. Text one friend right now. Be that hero. Be that champion. Be that giver by sharing this on Spotify or iTunes or give them that direct link, paulgowan.com slash 007 and start a conversation with them. Say, hey, let me know what you think about this conversation. I really enjoyed this part of the episode and, and you can start that dialogue. Be that giver, be that leader in your life. Go over on Instagram stories and share this episode. Be sure to tag me in it at paul.gowan and be sure to tag Susan as well as I'm sure she would love to know that she's making that impact on your life. Help me help others take command in their life because my mission is to constantly bring the brightest, the smartest, the most experienced individuals from all different walks of life to help you take command of your life, of your relationships, and of your business. And in doing so, you can reach that next level of success. This knowledge will help you transform your life. The action is up to you. And since we're talking about action, I want to ask for your help to help make me better. Give me some knowledge about this podcast. Go over and rate it one stars, five stars. Give me that feedback and please leave a comment saying, Paul, I really want you to fix this or great job on doing that. Give me that feedback. Thank you so much for being a part of this amazing community. If you've not yet gone over to Facebook and joined the Take Command crew, go do so. This community is what creates the power behind the Take Command project. It's the people coming together, and I cannot do this without you specifically. If you are moving forward in your life, your relationships, and your business, and you're feeling stuck, especially if you're a small business owner, I understand that being one myself. If you want some help to reach that next level of success faster with less stress, less headaches, have someone that you can talk to that you, you can't talk to your spouse about what's going on in your business. You can't talk with your team a lot of times. So to have that trusted advisor be able to be a sounding board and also coach you to your next level of success in life, relationships, and your business, then head over to paulgowan.com slash apply and complete a client application. I'm currently receiving applications and my team and I will take a look and see if you are a good fit. I know that I can help you. 
And I know that when we work together, you can grow and succeed faster than what you are currently doing. Again, I am so grateful for Susan and her time and her thoughts to share with you all. And remember that quote from the beginning from Carolyn Mace, managing the power of choice with all its creative and spiritual implications is the essence of the human experience. I'm so glad you chose to spend some time with me today. I want you to know you are cared for. I love you for being a part of this community and what you are doing in your life. So let's embrace that power of choice. You know what time it is. Get back out there. Take command and go live the life of your dreams.